Welcome to Exploring Possibilities, where we take a look at all kinds of holistic, spiritual possibilities for happier, healthier living. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. I'm a holistic speaker, coach, practitioner, and the founder of Journey of Possibilities. And I love hosting this show with you. Thank you for joining me again. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play, and make sure to rate the show so other people can find us. And we'll get started in just a moment. First, I have got to rave about Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance. I mean, yes, he's my boyfriend, but long before he was my boyfriend, he was doing amazing things with technology. And without him, journeyofpossibilities.com and this podcast would not even exist. Mario, you've worked for with everything from Fortune 500s to solopreneurs. You've been on this journey of awakening with me from the very beginning. How can you help our listeners? Well, thank you, Cheryl. The easiest way I can explain it is that my skill set comes in understanding the industries I work with, especially for your audience that deals with different types of energy work, uh, shamanic work, coaches, or we have some star seeds that and star, and star mm-hmm. seeds too. <laughs> so I can speak galactic also. So I can give you an approach of however it is because I understand what you're talking about. How many times have you heard an IT person talk to you and they're talking to you in IT speak? I don't do that, as you well know, Cheryl. I can actually talk your language. That and you blend some really serious skills when it comes to technology. And you make it seem simple. And you help us find our way to manage it on our own, which is huge. And that's one of the things I believe, just like when I started in this field, it's that I learned to empower myself. And I want to do the same thing with technology because I see so many people giving away their skills by paying for somebody else. And, and, you know, some of this work can be done by yourself if you want to do that. And I can show people doing that. Yeah, blogs, websites, social media, videos, you name it. Mario's your guy. And how do they find you? They can uh, go visit my online magazine that I'm starting to ramp up, techlifebalance.net. Or if you just want to know about me, mariorosales.net. Feel free to reach out and... I will speak in your language. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide. So next weekend, Mario and I are hosting a drumming circle as well as a shamanic talk and sound ceremony. You can find details about these events on journeyofpossibilities.com on the events tab. I thought it would be a great opportunity to have Mario on the show and kind of talk more about the shamanic path, self-healing, where Christianity can fit in with all of that and more. Welcome, Mario. Hi, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure being here. Always interesting being behind the scenes and then being part of the show. (laughs) It's not much different, except you've got a microphone and we can hear you now. 
Yeah, I guess I don't have to speak as as quiet. <laughs> And I'm having to do pet patrol today because Mario is usually really good about keeping the pets under control. But now that he's on the show with me, we're going to be trying to do that discreetly behind the scenes. But if it, you know, if you hear a stray bark or meow, that's what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been interesting for me coming into the path where I'm at now. I grew up in Texas. I was raised in a very Christian setting. I went to private Christian schools and churches. And for much of my childhood, I was raised Lutheran. I went to the doctor when I was sick. I didn't have any idea that this whole realm that I've discovered now even existed. Did you? Well, for me, it it was a little bit different because I, I've learned more uh, the herbal part of it. And, you know, when we were getting sick, it was buy, get a tea or use this this herb or use that or... The famous Mexican remedy, limes. <laughs> it always works for me, at least. Yes, that's true. You use lime for everything. And I've started doing it, too, since we've been together. <laughs> and so you bring up a good first point to kind of discuss in all this is culture has a big part to do with this. And I was raised American, of course, United States my whole life, and my parents in the United States their whole life. So any other country's influence would have been at least a couple of generations back, whereas the Mexican culture is very recent in your family and a lot more herbalist in their traditions, right? Yeah, we do that. And then, you know, there's like curanderas and mm -hmm. limpias, which is like a cleansing. And uh, right. th there's different just... Yeah, I guess the, the culture does have a big difference because to me, it wasn't anything strange to go make a tea out of something mm -hmm. to make me feel better. Well, and it's funny, my mom did some of those things. She did try and go for the natural remedies whenever she knew about them. She just didn't know about as many of them as I guess maybe in your culture. But also, you know, I have friends from India and she talks about how when she was growing up, her grandma would go out and get things from the backyard and make up potions and tinctures and whatever they needed. So I really do get the impression that the United States is kind of a little bit less that than many other parts of the world. And to me, it seems like it's more relying on the pharmaceuticals. And at least in my experience, it has been you go to the doctor, the doctor gives you something for the symptom. And that that usually is what what does it they they send you a, the most of the time they would give you antibiotics and that kind of stuff is kind of brutal in itself <laughs> right because obviously and the one connection i hadn't made about that is if i'm taking antibiotics then i'm also removing the good bugs from like my digestive tract and stuff so getting on probiotics was really important for me because I'd taken antibiotics for a number of years for, I mean, now they prescribe them for everything. So every time you go to the doctor, you get a prescription of antibiotics, whether you need them or not. Yes, I've noticed that. I I was working for a genetics company a while back and they they gave me Cipro, which is like a real heavy, very strong antibiotic. And luckily I was around a whole bunch of chemists and they go, you know, it's like a, you go get some yogurt, and now I understand yo yogurt probiotics. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, that's why. Yeah. So I had done a bit of damage to my body without even knowing it, just taking those things, just following doctor's orders and thinking I was doing the right thing. It was interesting to me. So I met a practitioner who was studying with a shaman. This will all be in my book. Yes, I finally started writing my book about all these amazing adventures I've had because it really is an interesting story, and it's changed my life. And as I 
became more familiar with shamanic customs and traditions, it really is a blending of natural healing with spirituality to some sense. It kind of, instead of everything being so compartmentalized, it all comes together and it's around the premise that we can heal ourselves and plants can play a big role in catalyzing that for us. Is that a decent description of it in a nutshell? That's the way I see it. It's like the the shamanic practices kind of show you that everything is connected. And it really is because some of the experiences we've had, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but it's been pretty amazing because you start seeing the whole connectedness of us to nature and the world. Absolutely. And one of my favorite stories, just to kind of jump a little bit ahead and see how it all ties together, a very good friend of mine regained seeing color in a, in a shamanic ceremony. And the thing that he had to do, and it was given to him kind of temporarily as an energetic kind of alter, alteration or adjustment, a possibility, if you will. And then he lost it again. And the medicine man told him, you'll have to do your work to get that back. And his work was emotional. It was healing an old trauma. And the plant medicine allowed that to come forward for him. And then he had to go through that and heal that to get the color back. So everything can kind of be seen in that one little story, how emotion is physical, like emotional pain is physical Mm -hmm. pain and how plants can help us heal it and how trauma comes forward. Like there's a lot of steps to this process, but in a nutshell, just to show someone that's where it all comes together. The spirituality, the medicine, the plants, the, all of it. Yeah. It shows the connectedness of the body. I mean, the the emotions create certain things. I mean, perfect example I like to bring up is stress. You know, they talk that stress can kill you. I mean, and stress is just an emotional state where we're feeling overloaded. And to me, if stress can do that to you, what's to say sadness, anger, even happiness? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot we can go into around that about the vibration and stuff. I'd like to start by talking about what it was like for me when I first saw the experience of a ceremony coming from a deeply Christian background, because my background was deeply Christian. I had never heard of shamans, and if I did, coming from that very religious structure, I probably would have envisioned just medicine men dancing around and drumming in the jungle and using witchcraft and voodoo to heal people, and that would have scared me, you know? (laughs) I, I don't think I would have gone for that, if it hadn't been made available to me through someone that I got to know a little bit first, just the way the trip happened, she was going to Peru. I've always wanted to go to the Amazon. I wanted to go and see birds that I'd helped. I'd hand-raised parrots in my early 20s. I wanted to go see them in their native habitat all my life. So this was an opportunity to go with somebody I knew and go in the jungle and the plant medicine was almost secondary. It's like, oh, it'll be interesting. I'll see how a shaman works and I'll try the ceremony and do all this. But it was more intrigue and it was really, wow, I've always wanted to go to Peru. This is my chance. Then I got there and we went into ceremony the first night and the the trip in was magical. You know, it was hours on bus and boat and everything else down the Amazon River. And I was pretty starstruck by the time I got to the pavilion. And we started the ceremony and I did not drink ayahuasca. I took another plant medicine that he offered me, and he said, don't worry, you're still going to have the experience you came for. As soon as the medicine kicked in, I started doing Reiki, even though I didn't know what I was doing. And I I got up and started moving around the room, 
helping people move energy in their body where I could tell something was stuck and they, they couldn't, they couldn't get what they were trying to get to. And I could feel it and I could help them move it. And I didn't even know what I was doing because I didn't know anything about energy work. I didn't know anything about stuff being stuck in the body. Like I went to church on Sunday and I went to the doctor if I had a sinus infection, you know, like I didn't even know what I was doing and I was doing it. It was, it was indescribable what that sensation was like. Well, even, I mean, when you think about it, you were even, you were doing energy work before it was just called prayer. Yes, exactly. And that is the power of intention. And that is, yes, it's all come full circle. There is not that big a gap between the two, but for a Christian hearing about all of this, it can be so scary and it can feel like turning our back on what we've always known. And the the church had some fear in it for me, you know, like if it don't worship false idols and don't. So I also was scared that I was going to be somehow betraying my church, my faith, my God. So I have a question. When, when you were going through that because of your religious background, were you scared at the time that you were doing something satanic, I guess? Or I'm not sure what, uh, or anything like that come up? Because you hear about it all the time about like the exorcist and they you hear, oh, Satan. And that's just, you know, the stuff that I know about. Well, that's a fair question. And my spiritual path had expanded a little bit. I mean, I was familiar with Wayne Dyer and so... I got the concept that I was bigger than those boxes, so I didn't really have like this fear of Satan per se, but I had a deep fear of betraying my God, betraying my Savior, taking myself out of the Christian path, turning my back on Christ, and somehow damning myself. I didn't think about Satan per se, but I did think that there would be a big price to pay my salvation if I turn my back on my faith. And was I turning my back on my faith and now trusting some medicine man in the middle of the jungle? Like what? That to me was scary. And it was scary enough that I wanted to make it the topic of the show because I have not turned my back on my faith. Working with plant medicine and working with shaman and medicine men and women has been an expansion of my faith and, in fact, an expansion of my Christianity because I still have this really strong faith and this incredible devotion to Christ as my Savior. It just doesn't mean for me what it used to mean for me, and it doesn't look like it used to look. So can you relate that? Uh, like, how do you relate it to the the Bible or what, or what you did in the jungle? Is it a miracle of what you did, like the energy work? I, I know we know now what Reiki is for you and I, and a lot of people probably that listen to the show, but what what were you thinking you were doing? Do you have like I a question? Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of the plant medicine is it shuts the mind off. So I was literally moving around going, oh, I can feel like, and, and can I, and the first thing I learned was to ask permission because I didn't ask permission. And I went up to a woman and she literally screamed at me, stop, no, don't. And her husband stood up to get in my face and I went, I'm so sorry. And and it, I, I was filled with regret and, and sad and scared. And what have I done? And I went back and sat down and realized I didn't, I didn't ask permission. I didn't ask if I could go into her space and do that. And she needed me not to. And so then I, when I felt moved to approach someone again, I asked them, 
I, I feel something for you. May I help you? And when they'd say yes, I would put my hand in a certain place and they would, I mean, I could see not color or whatever, but I could see a shift in them and they would go into their process and they would start crying or they would throw up or whatever they would do that would move whatever was stuck in them. And I really wondered at that until I finally studied Reiki and realized that's what I was doing. But I asked a lot of questions of the practitioners that were there in the ceremony later and got some clarity. But I couldn't relate it to the Bible because there was nothing in my teachings about this. The The woman that I traveled with is Christian. And so there was a little bit of her telling me, you know, Christ was the healer and this is how Christ did miracles. It's the same practice. We just don't know how to do it. And then I had a life coach living with me who magically showed up right before my trip. I love synchronicities. (laughs) When I came back, he talked to me and he got me a great set of books that are available on journeyofpossibilities.com, The Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East. Those books talked about how we can really do all of these miracles. We just haven't embodied that in ourselves. And that's not what the church is teaching. The church is teaching that the way to heaven, or my churches were teaching, the way to heaven was through Christ and through almost unquestioning, just loyal faith. And now I believe Christ came to teach us and model for us what we're capable of. That's why Christ is the way. Stepping into that with all the humility and gratitude of realizing that I'm so much more powerful than I can even imagine and cautiously moving forward into those gifts, I feel like is really why we're all here if we want, if we choose to go into that. So I, I understand what you're saying, especially when you're talking about Jesus Christ. I, I get this question from some, some people that are more, more into their religion than I am, of course. And There's our cat. There's the cat. (laughs) (laughs) And we get the, I get the question of, well, do you see Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because that's what takes you into heaven. How do you feel about that now that you've been through this path? Where do you see Jesus Christ fit into this whole chain? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And he is my Lord and Savior by virtue of coming and living the ultimate life to show me the truth of who I am and the truth of what's possible for me. And he did it constantly in prayer to the divine, constantly in service to the divine, humbly in service to the divine. And he said, you, you can do these things that I'm doing. He told us that. Where I feel like we're on a slippery slope is if we get all hung up in this manifesting and self-healing and there is no service to the divine. There is no humility. There is no gratitude. We could do some r- real damage here on earth, as I think we've proven in the past. With that said, you know, the there's a lot of things in the Bible that talk about that, the end of the world, and also, you know, Noah, the, uh, the water destroying uh, the earth. And what do you see in that now that you're in this path? Do you see that that happened? Or what? I, I guess that's my question. Where where does the Bible fit into these beliefs now? Because with me, I didn't grow up. I grew up Catholic, but not a, a full-blown practicing Catholic. So with me, I know some of it. And some of the other parts, I only know because of friends that are, are more religious than I am in that sense. 
So where where does this all fit in with your beliefs and where you're at now? Boy, there's nothing like feeling like I'm in the hot seat on my own show. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not that well versed in this. It's so. <laughs> fine. I uh, I wanted to go into this topic and you're posing questions in a way I haven't really thought about them recently. I took a course in college, ancient literature, and the stories that we read were of the great flood and of other stories that existed in the Bible, and they were written before the Bible was written. And that was my first moment to go, what is going on with this? And I had this deep faith despite a lot of traumatic things happening for me around religion. I I really was kind of unquestioning. And when my questions didn't get answered well, I just forgot the questions because I wanted the faith. I'm going to hold on to this faith, and if they can't answer my questions, then I'll just let it go because this faith is the most important thing. I need this faith. This faith is my salvation. This faith is. Mm. So that's a great question about where I am with the stories in the Bible. I believe that the Bible, well, was channeled material, and we have channeled material today that people question and refuse to accept. It was channeled material The heavens didn't open and a voice boomed down and people sat there and scribbled and everybody remembered the same story. This was channeled Mm. material. So there's that. And it was all told through parables and stories. Some of the stories already existed in literature. So I don't take it as much as a literal story of history unfolding as I do stories that were symbols to teach us how to live and to teach us why to trust. And if I take it in that context, it does a beautiful job of that because Jesus walked on water. We we can too, if we believe we can strong enough. And I love that the coach that was living with me, mm-hmm. he, he believed in these things too, the things that are talked about in the books I mentioned, Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East. And so one day he went to the, the pond near where I lived and he was going to walk on water. He's like, I'm ready. And he walked out the door and he said he got to the pond He took his wallet out and put it on the ground and his keys and he walked over and then he turned around and walked back and picked him up and said, you know, if I had to take those out of my pocket, I wasn't ready because I don't really believe. (laughs) So I think it's our faith that has a way to go, that unquestioning, absolute faith in our abilities. And Christ embodied that. And, you know, the other part about that you just brought up, it's like belief. But a lot of the the things that you hear. And I, you know, I also hear it in in the Mexican culture. It's like, we pray for this, we pray for that, you know, the Catholic background and the prayers work and comes back to what we were talking about. It's the intention. It's to me, the, the way I've seen it, I do believe that there is all unifying energy or whatever you want to call it. And there is something there that we have sections of it. And now, as the we go through this process of enlightening uh enlightenment i mean we we're getting to see this at a whole another scale and we're beginning to see the unification of everything that's what i believe is happening yes just to kind of put a bow on the christ piece so we can go into some of the other stuff so for me i have not abandoned my christian faith to go into this path i am more a christian now than i've ever been i channel and work with Christ and the angels when I do Reiki, when I do energy work, when I do coaching with people, 
my mind as your mind, my hands as your hands. I surrender to a power greater than me that I believe that is Christ consciousness to flow through me and to do the work that I do. And miracles do happen. I've seen them and I've been able to be a part of them. And for me, that's the way I live my faith. Faith used to be something that I would kneel and pray about, or I only went there when I was really desperate. And now faith is something that I'm learning to expand into every single day. And so to me, it's expanded my faith. It's expanded my Christianity. And when I'm in shamanic ceremony, I am there with Christ, with the angels. That's my choice. I'm not mm-hmm. saying everybody in shamanic ceremony is. I believe that we all have the ability to work with the the spirits that we want to work with. Mm-hmm. I, I see what you're saying. That's where all the Archangel, Michael, the yes. St. Peter's, and yes. all, all of that comes into play, which that's been one of the most... I, I've learned more about the Bible going through the shamanic stuff <laughs> than I ever have going to church. If, granted, I didn't go to church too often, but of the times I did, I actually learned more and more in depth, actually, which was I find it very interesting about this path because I originally, I, since I wasn't extremely religious, I was trying to figure out, it's like, okay, where does this fit in? And now I'm actually understanding religion more because of this. And another aspect that's interesting is, so the whole thing about false gods, false idols, The way it was presented to us in church and in Sunday school was like that Buddhism was bad because the little Buddha was the false idol. So we didn't have anything to do with Buddhism because that's the false idol and that's against what Christ wants us to do. My attitude about all that has changed. I honor the Buddhist traditions and beliefs. I honor a lot of other traditions and beliefs. I believe they were all masterful at teaching us something. And in that capacity, they're all important and valuable to us. Nothing teaches patience and honoring of all life quite like the Buddhist path. It doesn't mean I'm Buddhist. I don't really, I consider myself Christian, but probably by the conventional doctrines, I probably don't fit in that box either. I think Mm. all the boxes have gone away for me. I definitely don't think I have a box when it comes to this. So (laughs) When people ask me, what are my beliefs? Well, there's a universal energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's as close as I can get to what my belief is. Because if you ask me to explain it, we're going to be here out for hours <laughs> and hours. And you know, I can talk. I know, dear. <laughs> me too. Can you imagine us together on a date? It just goes on and on. <laughs> yeah, we, we stay in the restaurant sometimes a little too long. Well, you're right. And that too fits into my paradigm quite well because... We are all energy, and science is catching up with that, and it's so beautiful. We are all energy, and we all have a frequency, a vibration, and that's where the drumming and the all of that comes in is the working with light and color and sound. It's doing it at a vibrational level to bring our bodies back in harmony with their best frequencies because illness and dis-ease is simply being out of harmony somewhere in our body. So it is all energy and frequency and vibration And yet there is still room for, well, where's the source of all of that, right? Where does it all come from? (laughs) Like, there is, to me, a divine being, and there is blending of those energies and vibrations into different beings, just like we came into being, so did Christ, so did the Buddha, so so do so many Mm -hmm. other masters and teachers. So it's interesting how it all comes together for me now. 
Yeah, to me, it's all around us. It's mm-hmm. the, that's the way I see it. Even the empty space that we think is space is not really space. You know, there's our dark, dark matter. There's the the god, what they call the god particle, the, the Higgs boson. Uh, so it's it's interesting as we, like you said, science is catching up, and with that, we're expanding so much more. And yet, I, I feel that's one of the reasons a lot of things are happening now, where people. That there's a shakeup going on in every aspect. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I think because the beliefs are being challenged, the traditional beliefs of the Bible, the traditional beliefs of even Buddhism, the traditional beliefs of shamanism. I mean, there's even people that are very, uh, they don't like the traditional shamanism. I mean, let me reverse that. They don't like the modern shamanism movement, but they're all about the, the traditional shamanism and you know our our cultures are changing and ev- the way we see the world is changing and it's i think because all all the beliefs are getting shaken up and in order to build up again we need to break down what's been in here forever forever for ages mm-hmm. that's well, what i think even the shamanism's a box that's what i'm saying yeah it's, exactly yeah, and within the shamanism, the modern shamanism and the traditional shamanism, and then there's, there's Siberian shamanism, the Mexican shamanism, <laughs> and Peru shamanism. It's like there, there's all these boxes, but when you really look at it, it's all just universal energy to to me. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, the people that can actually see energy, too. I love that. I, w- that, <laughs> I haven't had that gift yet, but I just know it's coming. I want to be able to see energy, and they can look at you and tell where you have holes in your auric field and your colors are off or where you're missing color or light or <laughs> the color that you're radiating and, and how that projects the mood that you have or the energy that you're carrying. I think that's awesome. There's so much I've experienced being around, talking to people, having people's gifts awaken. I've seen a lot on this path in the ceremonies that I've been in, more than I can begin to understand with my mind. Mm-hmm. But I can't deny it because I've seen it or I've experienced it myself. And it's like, well, how do you deny it once you've experienced it? Yeah. And once you put a word to it, then you've already put it into a box. So, right. so that's the funny part. Once we try to name something, it it means that you already put it in the mold. It's, <laughs> it's this now. But wait a minute. It's much more than just that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I feel that's the part back to the religion part. I think in trying to define a lot of things, I feel religion has tried to put little boxes for everything to make it easy to understand. And I feel faith is kind of that part of it, too. They were trying to put faith into a box, but faith is different for everybody else. I I don't know what's your feeling on that, Cheryl, because of the the religious background that, that you had on that. I've had some negative personal experiences with churches. In fact, so I've talked before on the show that I was sexually abused as a child. In the seventh grade, I started really acting out in school because I wasn't finding any channel for that anger and that confusion and and my sadness. So I started to really act up at school. And ultimately, they threw me out of the school and church. And I was bad and we weren't welcome back on. We were never to set foot on the property again, was what they told us. And this was my pastor and his wife, who was my school teacher. So... I was really overwhelmed about religion and God, and the whole thing got muddled up for me. And there have been a couple of other instances in my life where churches have disappointed me and hurt me. 
I think that was partly to show me that church is not God and and church is not faith. Those are all individual things. And churches are a business run by people. And the Bible has been interpreted by people. And we know that humans are fallible. So there's there can be greed for money. There can be a million things driving a church going in the wrong direction or in a direction that isn't healthy for everyone involved. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but I see the church as its own business and faith as a practice, and I don't see the two as attached anymore. Okay. Yeah, I can see that because the church is kind of what gets you to the faith, and then whatever you do with that faith is really up to you. Well, I mean, and a lot of them have right? used fear. I mean, they have used fear. Mm-hmm. Fear to keep you from going to another church, fear from keeping you coming on Sundays, fear from keeping money flowing in the collection plate. There have been plenty of pastors who have used fear to drive behavior and loyalty. That's not in the Bible anywhere. That's not from God anywhere. That's what man has created. So when I say that church is about power and control, that's where I'm coming from. And that has nothing to do with spirituality. So how would you change it if you were to go back over there right now? Is there any way of changing it right now? Or is it one of those things like people talk about the government that you have to kind of deconstruct everything before you can reconstruct? Is the is the the churches in the same boat? <coughs> Man, you ask some good questions. This is fun. (laughs) I love that question because I want to bring it home to the personal level. I don't claim to have answers on a big scale, but I think bringing it home to the one is the big scale. It doesn't work if it doesn't work on me. I'm not buying into some of the political stuff that's happening right now, and I'm not buying into some of the church stuff that's happening right now. I am redefining for me what my life looks like, what my medical care looks like, what my faith looks like. I believe that this age of awakening is going to be about each person defining for themselves, here's what faith is to me. Here's what I am and am not willing to tolerate in leadership in my life and around me, all the way up to the federal level and all the way back down again to right here in my house. We have to define those things for ourselves. And as we start to bring it home to the one, we'll notice the change radiating outward because we're all one. We're all connected. Yeah, I agree with that. And that that's the the other part that I've just, uh, like I've been saying earlier, it's like the we are all connected. You know, even the people that... It's funny because people go, well, even the people that are doing the bad things, well, what are those bad things that they're doing? And if they weren't showing us the bad things, we wouldn't know what the good things were. So is there a good and bad? Then we get into that that whole question again. And that's where I feel religion has really put things in a box. It's like, oh, this is really bad or this is mm-hmm. really good. But what about the in-between stuff that sometimes there are things that, well, where does that fit in? Exactly. Exactly. And it needs to become more about what's true for me and what isn't true for me. I like that. It it really is that because you can't really change anybody. And you can only change yourself. And if you can radiate that, that faith, within yourself, the only thing that it can do is 
infect other people of that <laughs> of that faith, I think. Yes, absolutely. I want to go back to where you said we are all one, and I said it too, and I didn't go into how that is something that I really saw in shamanic ceremony, the oneness of all of us being connected, because one of the beautiful things that the plant medicine does is deconstruct all of what we see as reality. The walls are just, everything's just a fractal, everything's just a piece, all the sacred geometry comes to life. And we realize because we see it and experience it in that moment, the illusion that it all is, it really is a matrix. And once we've seen that, it's easy to detach from some things that we thought were just so important, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. I remember being able to see like, well, not see, but more like feel the essence of everybody around me. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't even have to think about it. With my eyes closed, I could go, oh, Cheryl's over here. Oh, so-and-so's over there. Oh, Mm -hmm. so-and-so's over there. And it was because I could sense the connection I had to everybody. Yes. Yes. We literally are all energetically connected. So the, the things that we think are happening to somebody over there are happening to us. They're affecting us. I, if there's one thing I wish everybody could experience at that level from ceremony, that's probably it. Agreed. The connectedness. There is no more over there and over here. There is no more that's their problem and I'm, I'm focusing on this. It's all, all of our challenge, all of our salvation. It's all for all of us. Yes. Uh, and once you see it, you cannot see it. That's yes. the other part. Uh, because I, even wanting to go back, you're going to have those lessons. I I have those lessons. No matter how much I go back into my old habits, what brings me back is that I saw the truth. The the truth. (laughs) And it's like, wait a minute, I'm just doing this to myself. It's like, it's just me. (laughs) That's a great place to wrap this show up. It is all just me. And thank you for being in this with me, Mario, it's been such an adventure and your probing questions and your curious mind helped me explore my own beliefs and understandings in a new way. Thank you for bringing that. Oh, thank you. It's always a great roller coaster ride. (laughs) And for this podcast and for journeyofpossibilities.com and everything that you do that allows us to connect week after week with our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, let us know what you thought of the show. I'd love to hear from you. Info at journeyofpossibilities.com. That's a wrap on another Exploring Possibilities, and I look forward to seeing you next week.